0: You're listening to Everyday Humanity.
1: Thank you so much for coming back. It's Regina and I'm flying solo. Beth and Dennis are not here with us, but they say they send their hellos and they are with us in spirit. But I'm so excited because today we're talking about youth-related stuff, youth homelessness, at-risk youth, and all of the things in between that. We are honored to have the one and only (laughs) (laughs) Lauren Van Coolen here with us from AYA. Um, She is the executive director there. No, chief executive director.
0: It's all good. Executive director is good too. Oh no, (laughs) we're getting it right.
1: (laughs) So we're very honored to have you here and thank you so much for coming.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I always am excited when I get to talk to you, Regina. Oh, I'm happy. Thanks girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I could give like the best intro and introduction, but I want you to do the honors of kind of sharing with the listeners who you are, what do you do, what's AYA. Yeah, share, share all the things.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks. I will. So AYA is the result of a merger between Grand Rapids HQ, which was a drop-in center for youth experiencing homelessness, and 311 Youth Housing, which housed young people experiencing homelessness. So we merged last July. So we merged. Well, our boards voted to merge Two weeks before the pandemic hit in 2020. So well, as you can imagine, yeah. it's been an interesting year and a half, oh, but <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, I would have had it without COVID, but you oh, know, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm still here <laughs> for it. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, I love my job. I get to work with the most incredible people. I love that I get to do a combination of high level strategy. I... But I also get to sit and work the front desk at the job when I am able to. And so I've been, you know, I just, I have, yeah, I just get to work with the most amazing people. We have such an incredible team who brings more than 100% to their work every single day. And we, man, working with youth is yeah. fun. Yeah. 14 to 24 year olds. Mm-hmm. They're funny, they're lively, they're engaging, they're... They keep you hip and young. Yeah, they would not say that, but I think so.
1: I do too. (laughs) And I'm a mom, and so I also tell my daughter, like, I work with young people. I work with, you know, 25 and under, so it's not much you can get over on me. (laughs) Because they keep me in the loop with all of the things that's up to (laughs) date.
0: Yes, they do. I know. (laughs) about more apps than I would like to know about, yes. but hey, at least I, I do have a TikTok and they're like, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, I have two, but yeah, it's right. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Cause I'm cool. Yeah. It's fine. And I'm confident in myself. So
1: yeah, I love that. And I really love that you talked about, you know, doing high level strategy, but then also being at the, the front desk at the drop in. In that proximity, right? You're still having that that touch point with youth, still still being able to connect with, um, with young people, even at the high level that you are. I, I love that. And that's so important, right? You know, you can kind of get, because I'm quite sure okay. you're very busy, very, very busy <laughs> woman. Um, but that you intentionally stay connected and build those relationships is just, it speaks volumes about who you are as, as a woman and your organization too. I, I I love AYA, all things AYA. I'm a, definitely a fan of the work that you guys do, and and the intentionality behind the things that you guys do there. So it's it's, Thanks, it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you know it is really easy to get disconnected from young people. Mm-hmm. It's super easy, and it's super easy to get disconnected from the need and from what's really happening. Yeah. As good of a listener as you are to your team, and as good of a listener as you are to young people. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is that there's something different about sitting down and having sharing a slice of pizza with a young person. Yeah. And so that's really only something that I've started doing recently because I've seen in other workplaces and other places I've been, I've seen how if a leader gets so far removed, the decision-making ends up reflecting that removal, and that can be really difficult mm-hmm. So and really problematic to... Mm-hmm the individuals that the organization's intended to serve. So yeah, it is intentional and I'm grateful that, yeah, that I have a team that says, yeah, come on in and chill with us. And yeah, doesn't kick me out. We're so. <laughs> <laughs> still part of the cool That's right, talk. that's right. <laughs>
1: that's important. Yeah, so, okay, so we're talking youth and youth in transition and, um, you know, you shared a lot about the merger. How, how has that been? I mean, it makes perfect sense in my mind about merging drop-in with transitional living you know Mm -hmm. has that been like a a great opportunity for youth to kind of not fall through the cracks for you guys to have more of a pulse on them you want to share a little bit about that
0: yeah um you know i think one of the things that's really interesting about our shared housing model is that just that it's shared housing so our housing Mm -hmm. has three to four youth living as roommates now they each get their own room but they still have to share bedroom bath i'm sorry not bad bedrooms they have to share bathroom, kitchen, laundry, living room. And the merger has helped with this more seamless transition because so many times, even though we worked really closely together as two agencies prior, there's a difference when you don't need an ROI. (laughs) There's a difference when you have a young person in crisis and you're able to say, hey, why don't you meet with our housing advocate right now? Then, hey, come back and three weeks and this person will be there or you have to go to this office and then you can meet with that person. So it's really about reducing barriers. Oh yes. And what we see in the community and our work with Mel Trotter and our work with other community agencies is that that community collaboration is so essential to getting youth quickly connected to resources that are out there. And so the drop-in center is this great front door where any young person can walk in and receive a wide array of services from laundry to showers to food. But really what it is is it's a place where youth feel safe and that when other resources come in and have a conversation with them, those barriers have already been broken down. And that has been really powerful for young people.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, that barrier reduction, right? Like, It is so important to help reduce those barriers because, I mean, and 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 having a post on the youth right then and there and knowing that, you know, well, hey, I have someone who you can connect with and do this hap assessment right uh-huh. now if you want. Or if, you know, we can we have an opening in our house. Let's do a fill out that application and do an interview. Or if you need a shower or a hot meal, is it's it's so so great. I mean, you know, I work in the field as well and it's just Sometimes it can be difficult to, to keep a pulse on young folks. Yep. You know, we know that homelessness looks different for, for youth. And so that, that couch surfing and just trying to gauge them on all different levels can really be difficult. Yeah. And just speaking a little bit more about youth homelessness. I know I have my spiel of what I think that is and what that looks like. But for our listeners, maybe... Um, some folks that are listening who may not really um, know too much about youth homelessness or what that looks like or um, doesn't look like. What would you say to someone who you know just asks you, "What is youth homelessness?"
0: Yeah, youth homelessness looks, looks very different than what most people would imagine when they close their eyes and you hear the word homeless. There's a certain image that's a, definitely a stereotype that and a harmful one at that but that comes up when we hear the word homelessness and the young people that we work with do not overall fit that stereotype very very few and in fact young people 18 19 you know if you think back on yourself at that age, if I think back on myself at that age, if I even do this exercise when I'm speaking to large groups and say, okay, close your eyes, remember yourself at that age. If you were experiencing a crisis or homelessness, is that something you'd want broadcasted? Would you want okay. to be? <laughs> we're closing our eyes, right guys? Cause I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eyes so closed. like think about yourself mm-hmm. and in that moment and think like everything is stripped away from you. Mm. And what is it that Like you have left? Who do you go to? And so I've had all sorts of answers. Okay. I go to my church. I go to my aunt and uncle. Like I don't have a place to live anymore. And I can talk to my cousin or I can call my grandma up or I can, oh, there's a whole list of people that we have. Many of the young people that we interact with, two things, either those people, also don't have resources because of systemic issues in our community. So... Talk about it. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true, right? Yeah. I mean, those. Yeah. It's, it's not that young people don't have a parent or a, a grandmother that cares deeply about them. It's that that parent may also be experiencing homelessness and does not have the resources to care for them. And that goes to a lot of reasons, but I often share that's mm. because of systemic racism in many, many ways in our community. Mm. And so the the other thing the other piece is that there are young people who don't have those resources who don't who have no circles to fall back on and if you have no circles to fall back on if you have no one around you none of those support systems what's going to happen I mean you you've got to figure out what to do and so you have to find other resources you end up on the streets you end up couch surfing you um you know youth homelessness is one of the great greatest risk factors for sexual exploitation. So if young people don't have a safe place to live, it is more likely that they will then be targeted for trafficking because they're, they need money, they need food, they need clothes. And so they're a target to try to get money in that way. And so, it looks a lot of different ways it could be it can it is literal homelessness it is youth on the streets but i'm going to tell you you probably when you walk downtown are not going to see many of the young people that we see because they know where to go where they don't have to be called out where they don't have to be seen where that doesn't have to be put on display Mm -hmm. and then youth who couch surf are also identified as homeless and so it's basically like you don't have a place to stay consistently ever so we'll see lots of youth going from place to and so we actually have lockers in our space where youth can store their stuff so that they if they do have a place to stay they at least have somewhere else to store their things to do their laundry things like that because they can't do that where they're staying i love that yeah i
1: love it yeah i mean and and i lauren I, i see the same thing with the youth that we work with at mills it's it's no cookie cutter Image that that you see when you think of youth homelessness, and so I think that you touched on a lot of really important points to to for for any and everyone to consider and think about that when encountering someone who you know they assume or may think um, is experiencing housing instability, and you know a lot of times, like you said, youth don't identify with that term mm-hmm. a lot of times, yeah. you know, so. The, the, the language that we use mean it matters. Yep. It really, really matters. Because it's got to be language that they identify with.
0: Um,
1: or else, you know, I see a lot of you say, well, no, that that's not me.
0: Yep. I've actually had people come up to me and say, oh, well, I've heard that you choose this. They choose to be mm-hmm. on the streets. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a young person and will maybe say, well, I chose this. But if you think about their other choice most of the times the other choice is abuse or neglect. And so they did choose it because it was safer than what they were experiencing before that. And so I think it's really important to understand that word choice and to give honor to a young person's choice, but also to recognize that that's 99% of the time because of abuse, neglect in the home, things that are happening that um, are absolutely not okay. Because it means that the street is safer than where they were. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oof, I got chills, girl. You are preaching <laughs> over it there. Is, it you better is. preach.
0: Great, <laughs> right. you get me going. I just keep talking. Yes, <laughs> I
1: love it though. Um, all good stuff. All super important stuff. So I don't want to like age you, but how long? <laughs> how long would you say that you've been working in this this like this social service realm with like youth related? work and purpose and all of the the things youth related
0: yeah so it feels like my whole life even when I was a youth I was doing youth led stuff and leading things and on youth committees and things like that so it does feel like my whole life I was a teacher before this I taught third graders and I ran a youth group so you know I I It's kind of hard to think about a time that I haven't been involved in this, but professionally I've been in this work for close to 15 years now. So yeah, and I've been with, well, I was with 311, co-founded that with my husband, John, and then became the executive director CEO at AYA Mm -hmm. last July. So all together up on my 10 year anniversary here of being with one of these two agencies. Yeah. So that's
1: awesome. Yeah. So what, now you say an important thing, cause I always say to people that, you know, social work is not like what I do. It's it's like who I am. It's it's woven yeah. into my DNA. And so I kind of feel like in a roundabout way, that's kind of what you said. Yeah. Like you can't remember a time in your life that you weren't doing something youth-related. Yeah. And I think, well, that's awesome. But So how did you find yourself? So I know you mentioned, like, you know, co-finding through 11.
0: Yep. So how did
1: that come about?
0: Yeah. So I was running the youth group at our church at the time, and half the youth were homeless at one point or another. Mm -hmm. And so my— Wow. My husband, my now husband, we were engaged and I had left teaching to pursue some work in the nonprofit field and he was in construction and we had some young people come up to us and they said, this is a huge problem and we need you to help us do something about it. And my husband quit his job the next day Whoa! and we were two months out from getting married and neither of us had Super stable income. Wow. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that I don't. I mean, now that I, we have a kid, and I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we would. We still would do something like that, but awesome. Feels a little. Looking back. Woo woo woo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So there were. Man, there were a lot of years there that struggled financially to make ends meet. We didn't know if this thing was gonna take off, but we had young people behind us. We had community partners behind us. At the time, there were there were like two beds for young people in the whole community, eighteen to twenty four year olds. That was it. Wow. There was nothing. There wasn't so was no drop in center. Yeah. Definitely. I mean you know, I know Melchotter Tr- Mel has a yes shelter. There, yeah. That wasn't there. There yeah. was no drop-in center, no covenant house, no, like, I mean, there was, a, there was Arbor Circle, and they had a few beds, and that was about it. And then they had the bridge. And so we said, okay, let's try. And we did two things. Number one is that we – I did. I looked across the country at what models worked and what didn't work, what were some evidence-based practices. And at the same time, and the most important voice – was that we had young people who developed the program alongside us. So those youth, everything from rent structure to how the units should look. I had this, you know, social work-ish teacher, money, brain. And so I was like, okay, so if we have a four-bedroom apartment, we can probably have eight youth there, Mm -hmm. and... What what do y'all think? And the youth were like, who are you and what are you thinking? You yeah. the dumbest idea. Uh, no, no, no I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we talked about it, and they were like, No, that's not gonna work. Like we need like youth need their own space, they need to feel mm. safe, they're not gonna wanna stay if that's the case. And that is so true. We yeah. have seen that across the board that and I, and I always say that our greatest referral source is when a young person tells a friend that this is a place they can live and we have that yes. over and over and over again and that means that they really trust and want to be there. We very we we, I mean, we never have vacancies. We never nope. you know like <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I think to see to see that. So that's I mean that's how we started and then mm. I got my masters in social work while I was working another job at the school while, while I was developing all the programming yeah. for 311. And it was, it was a crazy time. There was one point where I was, I would work all day. I remember going to community meetings at like 9am. I'd work all day. I'd get home, I'd eat a quick dinner and I'd go work at a crisis hotline so that I could make money. And I'd work there until like two or three in the morning. Wow. And then I'd do it all over again because we needed the money. Yeah. I needed the health insurance, yeah. and we, but we also believed really deeply in this, and so, yeah, it's it's um, been a wild ride. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's your why, right? Because I mean, even in you, you, listening to that, and I mean, even for myself, as I'm hearing you talk, it's you're just passionately talking about like what is it what is that thing or things that just keep you going and motivated even after you put all your blood sweat and tears into your whole day not even to mention that you were newlywed okay <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> you know like that's so much but 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 your why and like the need for this in the community for young people was so great so huge that that was something that like you wanted to see come to fruition. And I, I think that's awesome. Um,
0: yeah. And I think I can't understate the impact that the youth that walked with us and co-founded this as well have had. And yeah. so, you know, one of them, Jakari, he's still on our board today. And so I think like to the impact that those first young people and every youth that's come since then, but had on this organization is profound. And so, yeah. We wouldn't be here without them because that's what kept all of us going. Every, every day was like, okay, we've got this. We can do this together. We can figure this out. There were people who said, yeah, we're, we're going to get behind this. Even though it's risky, we're still going to put our money mm-hmm. towards it. And that's why we're here. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you we're talking a lot of youth-related stuff. And I know that you're super passionate about that. <laughs> Me too, girl. But what else, like, gets you going? What else are you super passionate about when you're not doing youth-related
0: stuff? Oh, man. Regina, I saw this question on the prep. I see, a i gotta- Yes. <laughs> and I got to say, I thought, you know... Man, my life. So I have a five-year-old son with special needs, and he is the
1: cutest thing too. Thank you.
0: So cute. He's. I love him so much, and I think he's just so incredible. And I'm way too obsessed with him. But (laughs) (laughs) he, you know, I he takes the other whatever percentage of energy that I have left. And then after that, you know, I, we, so I love just being with him. I love getting outside. We love to go for hikes and explore. We have our little golden doodle Luna and we love her a lot. I love to read, but pretty much my brain can't handle anything else serious. So I love to, well, I like being active because I know it's good for me and I like to do it. But this weekend I was playing cornhole. I'm just not good. Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? Maybe just give me a spreadsheet. Like I can sit here and like work on a spreadsheet yes. and I'd be so much better than you all. But I'm terrible at this stupid game. Me too. Yeah, my
1: husband is the bomb at Cornhole. And so there's no, like I'm no competition. I know, what's so... the point? Something exactly. what's the point? Just yeah.
0: like, give me a drink. I'm just going to sit here in the corner and watch. Yep, yeah, I feel you. I'm right there with you,
1: sister. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so, same. You know, I love spending time with my daughter, um, and she's 12 now, so she's literally a mini-me. <laughs> same birthday, same personality. It's almost like I took a time machine back a few oh years. Oh, my gosh.
0: She's also so precious. Oh, thank you. Oh, my right.
1: goodness. Uh, depending on the day, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> she's she, by that age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she
1: definitely has a sassy side. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just fun spending time with... Um, with your 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 kid and just living like seeing life through their eyes. Yeah. Uh, for me at least has just been amazing to experience. Um, especially when working with other young people, like other people's kids, or just you know young adults and stuff like that. Um, burnout is real in yeah. this in this field. So one of the things that I try to be intentional about. Sometimes I suck at it. Mm-hmm. Just being real. Is you know. Reserving a little bit of that space, a little bit of, of my cup has got to be reserved for my husband and for my daughter yep. because there is days where oh, I don't well, go there home are days. and I'm <laughs> like, y'all, you better not speak to me. I'm going in here and I'm vegging out and watching like yeah. binge watching a, a series exactly. that I love, and. Get yourself something to eat, and I'll see you in the morning. You
0: will be just fine. Make sure you do the dishes, though, okay? Yes, yes, please. Yes, so. Yeah, I mean, I think I've recently, because I, I really only read fiction when I have time, because I just need brain break. But yeah. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts and watched a bunch of things of, about the book Burnout um, by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Oh. And yeah, check it out. Oh my goodness, Regina. It is so good. And it has just mm-hmm. spoken to my soul. One of the things that they talk a lot about, and it's, shoot, if anybody at AYA hears me saying this, they're going to roll their eyes. Like, <laughs> she's talking about completing the stress cycle again. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for real though, I think Ooh. like one of the things that was super enlightening for me that they visualized was, okay, so they talk about, stress as a part of a stress cycle. And that stress Mm. is actually something we all are like, okay, let me get rid of the stress. Mm. And the reality is is like, we're always going to have stress, like whether it's work or our kids or whatever like things going on, but we can actually uh, complete the stress cycle in Mm. our bodies. And our bodies are like partners with us in completing the stress cycle. And oftentimes what happened is like, okay, you have this stressful event You then have a ton of emotions about this stressful event and you either push those emotions away because you have to, because you're like, you know, in our example, like if, if, if our team is, has an escalated young person and that is stressful to them, they, they, our team can't show that stress, right? They got to put that away, support the young person. But then oftentimes we stop there and we think either, okay, I took care of it. Those emotions are gone when they're not. Or we have that stress and it just keeps cycling through our bodies. Oh, and so, so- It's like stuffing it. Yeah, we're like stuck in the middle. And like, we see this light at the end, the stress happened, the stressful event happened. We had these emotions and then we just either stuff them or just, I mean, pretty much stuff them. Yeah. And we have to complete the cycle. And so there's lots of ways you complete, can complete the stress cycle. They talk, I think about seven different ways, but it can be anything from deep breathing to going for a walk or physical activity to laughter. Like real laughter, Mm -hmm. like pee your pants laughter. And so that's something that I've been thinking a lot about intentionally because I don't know that the intensity of this work will ever go away. I don't think it will. I think we're we're trying to solve really complex social problems that are rooted in lots and lots of different systems. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work. But I do think that how we engage with that stress can impact our ability to stay in the work longer, and so that's that's one of my goals. Oh. But I am not perfect at it. But Ooh. I am trying. It's a goal. I think it's a goal. But that I sounds good. and it's a sprint, right? Yeah. not a marathon. Right.
1: Exactly. Yes. So What's well, a marathon, a not, marathon, a marathon yeah. not a sprint. Marathon, yes. I said it backwards. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: and that's what. So you know, we've talked as a team. Okay, what does it look like to? Actually, take twenty minutes to complete the stress cycle before we debrief. Before we, because I think a lot of times, especially in nonprofits that are doing social service, we end up having toxic culture because of the external stress that we have to experience all the time. So, yeah. how do we let that go and then bring our best selves back yeah. to each other instead of taking it out on each other? So. Yeah.
1: And, you know, people talk about this like work life balance, but I think that's part of it. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like, you know, because sometimes people feel like, well, I don't I can't take PTO because I've got all this stuff to do. And, you know, but those are things that you can practice put in practice in real time. Yeah. To kind of take or complete the cycle. Is yeah. It, yes. Complete the cycle.
0: You Ooh, got it. <laughs> I was read that. <laughs> that's right.
1: Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming and spending this time with us, getting to know a little bit more about you outside of the the wonderful work and role that you Thanks. do. You're just an awesome lady. Thanks. You really are. Is there Feelings any... mutual? Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you. And also, congratulations. Oh, are in thank order. Thank you. I was hoping thank that you, you would have brought that up, but <laughs> that's okay. I I will. <laughs> So, Ms. Lauren is a nominee for uh, the 40 Under 40 yes. coming up. So, yes. that is that is awesome.
0: Thank you. Very deserving. Thank you. Yes. It, it, I am really honored and I'm super excited. Uh, no one from HQ or 311 had ever been nominated. And now it's myself and D.L. McKinney, who's the director of Drop In a Day Love DL. So, D.L., they are an awesome human. They are. The bomb. Uh, the bomb. Yes. And so, to be nominated alongside them is just so special and yeah, I'm really, I'm, it's, it's a huge honor. So I'm trying to breathe that in mm-hmm. and take those good vibes with me. Yes, yes, <laughs>
1: yes. Well deserving. So yeah, with that, we are going to shimmy right out of here. And I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in to Everyday Humanities and listening to us with Lauren and I flying solo today. But shouting out Dennis and Beth, you guys are with us in spirit. Until next time, you guys. Thanks you to see y'all well. for having me. Yes. Bye. Bye.